Yeah, I like that. That's pretty hot. This is your man stepping in for another magnificent and motivational Monday. It's Open Mic Monday. This is Cloud Nation serenading the airwaves on behalf of Mr. Top, who will not be in today. So I'm stepping on in. I know it's been a while, so let's get back on the right track where we left off in the past. Uh, we got a couple things that uh, we're going to talk about. I got a few things on my mind that I want to, uh, you know, reflect on, so to speak. But before we get into that, we're definitely going to go ahead with the song of the day, the song of the day. I think I feel like hearing a little Tupac and Dre. Yeah. Feeling like West Coast right now. Yeah. So let's do that. And then we'll get into the discussion. Yo, let me 
Live on the airways, as I said, serenading the air, stepping in for Mr. Talk. Yep, uh, I made a mistake earlier. I said it was going to be Dr. Dre and Tupac, but I was feeling a little DJ cool. I think it's a a party type. I'm in a party type of mood. I don't know about y'all out there. So, all right, let's let's start the show off on a on a good foot. It is an open mic Monday, so I'm definitely going to reach out and uh, you know bring in some callers. I hope you read the message in the chat room. If you want to get in on the dialogue, you have some things on your mind, you want to discuss, just call us at 347-838-8622. That, again, is 347-838-8622. You know the number. So let's kick it off with a little health and wellness. Black Farmers. To buy from instead of Whole Foods. Saw a great, great, great article. Uh, it's, it's a little old now. It was. It's actually been uh, re reboosted, re uh, added. I guess you want to say they they put it back in. It's, it's in circulation again. So uh, if you're familiar with Blavity, Blavity is a cool, cool tech-based uh, black-owned. Yeah, it is. Um, media website platform. It's pretty cool. And this one is by a, a young lady by the name of Victoria Massey. And the article reads as following. She said, and this will tell you how old the actual art, art, article is. Yesterday we witnessed yet another confrontation between law enforcement and residents, protesters, and activists in Bmore. As the people continue to demand justice for Freddie Gray, Old Foods Harbor East in Baltimore took it upon themselves to make sandwiches for men and women keeping Baltimore safe. But who were those men and women? Were they protesters? No. Were they the high school kids who had just been abused by police in riot gear, who shut down all means of public transportation that would have allowed them to get home safely from school? No. Well, how about the 84% 
of students in the Baltimore City Public School System who are dependent on free or reduced meals who were going to miss their meal due to school closings. No. So who exactly were the people receiving free gourmet, grass-feed, organic turkey and cheese sandwiches? The National Guard, to answer your question. Supporting structural racism should be organic, even if your kale is. The Whole Foods Arbor, Harbor East has since deleted their posts on Instagram and Twitter, which that post that I just read was their post. But thankfully, the Internet never forgets, and never will we. Where and what we consume matters. Remember, the Black Friday boycott of 2014, in comparison to 2013, sales had dropped by 11% or roughly $7 billion. Let's continue to make sure our money goes to our community when it comes to our produce. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, now, here are a few of the uh, companies that they name, uh, the Black Farmers, and I'm going to just put this link in the room if you want access to it. Uh, but one, the three in Baltimore, let's just focus on those. The three that are in Baltimore are Five Seeds Farms, the Flower Factory, and the Greener Garden. You, you can find all these and some other ones in other cities. That link is yes, 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 yes. It's in the live room right now. So you can go check that out in the, in the chat room if you want to know more about that particular one. And while we're on this health and wellness kick, do you know what's going on with your body? <laughs> Are you treating your body right? Are you uh, looking good on the inside and out? If not, uh, you happen to be traveling to Miami, Florida, and you say, hey, I want to eat something healthy, but I still want some fast food, well, you're in luck. You're in luck because I got some news for you. Uh, there is a organic fast food restaurant in Miami, Florida, being opened up by former NBA all-star, three-point shooting champion, and NBA world champion, two, no, three times uh, with two different franchises, uh, that being – Mr. The, the God, also known as Ray Allen, also known as Jesus Shuttlesworth, if you ever saw, he, he got game. You, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that's right. Him and his, his lovely wife uh, are creating a restaurant. There's an article I'm also posting in the chat room about that. And um, it's what they call an environmentally friendly restaurant. It will serve healthy cuisine as they say, at an affordable cost, and it will even have, get this, get this, a rooftop garden to supply the kitchen with fresh herbs, vegetables, and leafy greens. And if you uh, seek what you seek doesn't exist yet, their thing is be the change and create it. That's what former Celtics star Ray Allen and his wife Shannon Brown are going to do. That's what they're doing. So after struggling to feed their son, who has type 1 diabetes, healthy food on the go, the couple decided that it was time. It was time to invest in a vision which might benefit other families, strive and live and eat better. Shannon, who is a cooking show host, said 
in a press release, I had an aha moment where I realized I couldn't sit around helpless waiting for someone else to create a fast food option that met our food's dietary needs. As we did our research, it became obvious that this wasn't a struggle unique to us. Families everywhere are looking for convenience without compromise. So inspired and equipped with all the resources necessary to launch Grown, the former NBA All-Star and his wife took to work, uh, reports the Miami Herald. Grown, which is the name of the restaurant, was conceptualized by Shannon and a team of nutrition experts. Executive Chief Todd Kelly of Rainforest Cafe helped create the menu which will feature a number of locally sourced and organic breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. The unique restaurant will strive to maintain prices between $4 and $18 and will serve soups, salads, sandwiches, and wraps. There will even be uh, some gluten-free baked goods for those who like gluten-free stuff. Cold-pressed juices, fruit, smoothies, and coffee on the menu to please every kind of healthy eater. In addition to providing uh, incredible healthy offerings, Grown will be an environmentally friendly uh, venue. Uh, the 1,900-square-foot place and space will include a rooftop garden where local farmers grow vegetables, greens, and herbs, which the restaurant and kitchen will utilize to cut down on waste. The menus and kids' meal packaging will be plentiful. Grown's interior will be constructed from 100-year-old reclaimed bar wood. In addition, an interactive iPad bar, which will encourage kids to play nutritional and fitness-themed games. The restaurant will have drive-through, carry-out, and quick grab-and-go options. People want to be healthier, eat cleaner, and feel better about what they're putting in their body, said Ray Allen, who is currently as you know, free aging. I know this from personal experience, and when Grown opens, there will very much be a concept unlike anything else designed to be accessible by everyone from the weekend warrior to the soccer mom and anyone in between. The project, which is the result of six years of conceptualizing, planning, assembling, and amazing team, scouting locations, and building their flagship, according to Shannon, will take root next month and blossom as it grows in popularity. Now, this article came out earlier this month, actually, uh, and, and I thought that would be a, a nice one to add to our health and wellness portion of of the discussion. Of course, of course, of course, of course, I did. And so, we we've done that. We've done that, right? And so, what else is there left? on the agenda. Well, I do want to talk about sports just a little bit in in a second. But before I do that, before I do that, I want to celebrate and uh, let people know that there is a film in the works. There's a film in the works in production currently right now, in case you didn't know it. Uh, Ava DeVernay, I'm sorry, uh, is producing yet another film called A Wrinkle in Time, uh, which is supposed to be a a a, a shift for genre films. Um, she's also the person who directed the uh, celebrated movie Selma, among other other films. She worked on a lot of projects, a lot of projects, stuff like Tales from the, from the Crypt presents, 
Demon Knight, uh, The Walking Dead, a few of those episodes. So she's been she's been busy. She's been busy. And she said that last February she wrote there was a piece written on the defunct film site, the dissolved uh, film site. And uh, as I said, she has a couple of stuff in the works, a couple of films in the works, and this this is one of them. So it sounds like it's going to be pretty interesting, pretty interesting. I'm going to throw that out there. Oh, also, also, a little a little innovation or, or business news for those who, who are interested in that sort of thing. It's a little business news out there. There is a app, a data app out there created specifically designed for for wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people called Real Black Love Dating. It's it's a new app. Um, the app founder turned down $1.2 million offer uh, to sell the company. Uh, that founder, CEO and founder, Joseph Dixon, says he was offered and turned down uh, the seven-figure bid because he didn't start the company for the money. Dixon said that, yes, I can confirm that I have formally turned down a seven-figure offer to buy my company. I did not start this venture with the payout in mind. I formed this company to help all the hopeful romantics out there find what they deserve. I refuse to sacrifice the mission of the company at this time. So I think that's awesome, especially considering the state of black love in which I'm concerned. I do see someone raising their hand, so I'm going to let them in. Uh, caller four three eight, you are live in 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 the queue. If you want to, speak first of all, are we chatting? First of all, my name is Stanley. First of all, uh, thank God you put that music. Brought me old memories, good me- good memories. When <laughs> I feel like during that time when we would go out and things like that, men and women were having fun. Men had to dress up. Women had to dress up. There was the slow jam at the end of the night. Uh, there was the dancing contest at the club. It, it was cool. It was. I felt like we were more together. We were more having fun. Everybody knew the lyrics. Everybody was singing. Nobody was looking at a cell or a Facebook or Twitter to talk. Everybody talked to each other. And even if at the end of the night you didn't meet a woman, you still had fun. You still felt like, man, I came out of the club, it was cool, uh, I had fun, this and that. I felt that we were more tight back in the day. That's my opinion uh, during that time. Oh, appreciate it. And what, what did you think about some of the uh, articles that we talked about as well, as including the, the farmers and uh, some of the things that's going on with the farmers? Well, uh, one thing that I, I pressed one for was the last subject that you said when that black person entrepreneur basically said, I ain't going to sell my business of black love or a relationship because I want to bring it back to the principle of having that romantic and have that thing. And I agree with him. I wish, I, I wish him the best because I truly believe, and that's the question I want to ask in your show, how come dating is so complicated now? So complicated. I'm I'm 35 years old, and I find it so complicated outside. So much gain from women or men, and I don't understand. I don't understand. 
I, you could dress up. I, I was used to going out to places to meet social events, and you could meet somebody. Even if it didn't work out, even, but now you got to, is she really being honest? Is she playing a game? Is she going to waste my time? Is she not going to waste my time? Is she attracted to me? Is she not attracted to me? Is she, am I uh, one of her in-case guys? I don't understand. It, it, compared to 10 years ago, I didn't have those headaches inside of my mind. It would be like, you meet somebody, you talk to somebody, you get the number, she gives you the number because she's interested. If she's not interested, she would be politely saying no, and you will move on. Now she could give you a number and waste your time and make you play a game, and I don't understand this vibe. I don't, and I go to women, and a lot of women, I don't feel the vibe of loving men. And I go to men, same thing. I see a lot of men who doesn't love women in the principle. I don't understand this vibe between women. I don't understand why we're having this. Some black people, is, I know some white people are having this. I know some Italian people are having this. So the question I want to say, what happened? Because back in the days, we were more tight. I find as both gender. What happened? Yeah, that's, a, that, that's a good question. I, I think for me personally, I, I feel like um, sometimes with history, you know, you know, you have the positive and the negative. And I, I think that sometimes uh, history is, I guess, because we we weren't in some, you know, you you experienced different parts of different times, different eras. But I, I feel like sometimes um, some portions of history are more celebrated than they possibly should be. I, I'll give you an example. Um, I was listening to a show, a uh, pretty good show, and uh, they were discussing. Uh, the black family Yeah, they were discussing you know, The dynamics of raising a, a family and, and the differences between now And in the past And, and what came up was, was Masculinity in, in the male The male figure and the role of a male In the past And the example that was used is That in, in the past You had more uh, You know A consistency of, of, of Alpha males who were uh, more of the the idea, the idea, the prototype of what man manhood should symbolize, and then in the present day, that that is, uh, you know, that's that's not so. It's not as good. It's in a bad state right now. And, and for me, you know, although that was an opinion that was expressed, I felt like that there was some pros and cons to that. You know, that in the past, that yeah, there there was there were some guys who you know definitely. Uh, represented and, and took care of their family in a, in, a, in a powerful way, but I also felt like that that you know that era, that generation, especially uh, uh, before the baby boom, like the baby boomers and, and back elders older than that, I think a lot of those those guys uh, dealt with a lot of uh, brokenness, and you, you know a lot of the, a lot of those guys were emotionally broken to the point where. You, uh, if you talk to a lot of elders, you hear stories about a disconnect, an emotional disconnect between them and, their, and the many of their kids. Not all, but but a lot of people mm-hmm. were just they were providers, but they weren't they weren't emotionally present uh, with it, with a lot of their families. So they might have been physically there, they might have been, you know, paying bills and things of that nature. But a lot of them, a lot of the guys 
at like a different uh, emotional state. They, you know, emotionally they weren't. You didn't see as many like today. I see more caring, loving fathers who who love playing with their children and you know and interacting with their kids and can can actually have a a, eat a decent discussion with their children. You know, can relate and and actually want to be around them. And you know, there was a time when you saw some people who did not have that same, uh, I don't want to say luxury, but they didn't seem, seem as comfortable with uh, displaying that type of emotion with their children. But don't you, you know, feel that there was still, still, even though you're, I understand what you're saying, did you feel that both genders still had the love for each other? It would be like the, the beat that you brought back in, there was a certain standard that you expected men and women to have. Women were not holding hand in clubs and staying. I see more women holding hand or in club or in lounges or anything being more tied together than taking a chance. Women knew that if I'm going to the club or if I'm going to the lounge, I'm here to meet a man. I enjoy you, girl. Don't get me wrong. But I am here to have a man. And when I go to those girls or group, I'm like, what are you doing here? If you're here just to socialize, stay on your place, drink your drink, Show to everybody that you got money, that you're able to pop a bottle, that you're able to have four hundred dollars uh, drinks and drink all night with your friend and giggle all night. Why are you in a social event going there? Why? What's the point? You could do that at home if you never want to take a risk. Yeah, I agree with that. What? Why are you still uh, seeking so much attention? But you're not accepting accepting validation of a man just being, yeah, okay, you want attention, I understand to a certain degree, but not to the point of basically asking attention to the point that we're looking at you. And as a man, I'm looking at you, and I see that you have a ring and you're you have a fiance, and you come in the end and I have a fiance or this and that. And if I would be a bad person, I would if I knew that that man, I could videotape. This is your fiance. This is your wife. This is supposed to be the person, and she's dancing this this way. She's trying to get a, attention this way, and she's in the end of the night saying, "I have a man or I have somebody." Really? That's that's well said. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, but I, I I don't know. I guess I guess the majority of people probably did have uh, have a balance. Um, in the past, you, you, you hear stories about, you know, a lot of positivity and a lot of things that happen. I guess I see – I guess I look at both sides. I, I see that there was a combination of – there was definitely some more love because, you know, the music – Yeah, there was more the music, love. Don't get me wrong. The there's men there. also that – exactly, yeah. I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Was, I'm not just was, going on just women. Men also are doing some stupid shit and everything and have a great woman. Oh, I still got to get – Why? You got somebody great. There's somebody you're, you have somebody. Why are you, <laughs> you know? I know many men oh, tell me since I have the ring, I have more women approaching me, Stanley, than ever before. When I was single, nobody was approaching. Since I have that ring, and since I'm married to somebody, you do not know how many women are calling me and want to do something with me. And the only reason I'm not doing something with them is because I love my wife. But if I wanted to be a jerk or a player or things like that, I, the opportunity would be so easy for me to do it. So easy. And I don't understand that mentality. Understandable. That's understandable. I guess I wonder if um, when I look at some of those uh, some different scenarios, 
you know, like you said, there was a if you if you just wanted to make a comparison of percentage, you know, there were probably I'm just gonna make a guesstimate. I know I'm not gonna be right because I wasn't there, but there there may have been like a 80 percent, you know, more of genuine loving relationships yeah. in the past. Yeah. And but you did have you did have some scenarios where it was it was a lot of arranged arranged relationships. So I would imagine that in some case, in some cases, you know, you had you still had like like with with any relationship, you still had people trying to figure it out. And sometimes, if uh, you know people don't enter into a relationship with a, a sound foundation and understanding of what what those relationship dynamics should look like, then it could be it could be challenging to build a strong and solid foundation that uh that probably will last a long period of time. But yeah, I, I agree. I, the, the, I, both, I, I, totally, I think both gender yeah. was ready to take a risk. Both gender men and women were ready to take a risk. Back in the day they were more ready to take a risk. Like I said, before going back to your music, you could not meet somebody but you still went out as a social event, you had fun. You came out of the night and maybe I didn't meet any woman, but I had fun. And if you met a woman or somebody that you enjoyed the company, you would call her the next day. She wouldn't act like, who are you? <laughs> Do I know you? She would remember you because she had fun with you and she knew that she gave you the number. And she would be excited. Oh, he called me. And she would be talking to her girlfriend. I can't believe he called. And you would feel the excitement. Now women are like, eh, who? <laughs> I'm the guy you met yesterday who you had a fun with. I did a dance all night with you and was having fun and enjoying your time and enjoying your time. And now you're telling me one day who? Yeah, yeah that makes that makes perfect sense. And I, I was going to ask you this because I wanted to get your perspective on this. Now, just based on stuff I, you know, I've looked at, now, I, haven't, I didn't live in the era where you know, there was kings and queens in Africa. But I just, since we're talking about relationships, I wanted to go in there. Based on a lot of the things I see, it, it appears as though a lot of the women were, were highly revered and celebrated in that era. And yeah. so I, I, I compare, you know, the pre-colonization to after colonization. In your opinion, do you think, uh, you know, that, that is that both the both dynamics the men and the women um that sometimes here after colonization people are fighting for certain rights that they may have had in the past if you know women were celebrated and revered uh in 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 their homeland and then they got here and they were stripped of a lot of things and so now something like for example feminism 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 may look you know that may look like something that's uh, worth pursuing to to some people who haven't had that experience, and you know, and aren't connected to to that era, and who don't know that you know, as, as at one point you were revered and, and really celebrated. I think I, I agree with you. At one point, women were more were a lot revered, and the reason that a lot of men revered those women is because women more were the loving for men was there. You would not hear a woman like back – if I would take one woman the, now and I would say, let me bring you back nineteen fifteen, nineteen ten, and bring you back and, and talk to any of your sisters and say, 
you will not hear uh, women saying, I don't need a man. You didn't hear that back in the day. You heard me, I'm having a hard time finding a man, but that foundation, I don't need a man, wouldn't even be in their thoughts. They would say, of course I need a man. Of course I want to have a man in my life. It's not even a need. I want to have a man in my life. They didn't have that philosophy, I don't need a man. Period. It wasn't in their vocabulary. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, I was, I guess I thought, uh, I was thinking, you know, I thought, also thought that, you know, like at that time, people were being, since they were being celebrated so much. Exactly. Uh, the, the, um, look at the, look uh, at the music. The, the, back, look at the yeah, music the, that was back in the days. You want to right. look how romantic we were as black people? Uh, Steve Harvey did a show, remember one of his shows, he did King of Comedy. He said exactly what I truly believe. He said to us, you don't know what it was to have songs that basically said what you had to say to women. If you listen to those songs, like they say, they were pretty loved songs. All those guys saying things that women, they were revered. They were like, it wasn't like bitching this and that. It was like purely a man telling you this woman, you are exceptional. You are great. You are, you made my life uh, 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 something worth living for. You so you, do you do you think in the present day, then you think that's something that one of the big problems that we got away from, uh, you know, uplifting each other to the point where uh, yeah, I don't I don't I want we forgot, we forgot, inc- yeah, forgot insecurities that. may yeah, have uh, I think that seeped we, in. We forgot the basic of going back to gender. Say we need each other. We should love each other. We should love the other gender. We're so much hurt of saying this girl it hurt me and or that girl hurt me and this person hurt me so I'm gonna because I got hurt by five guys or I got hurt by five women, the rest of the women in mine of in my life are all gonna feel hell because I got hurt by five people or ten people. Oh instead of saying you got hurt by ten people or ten women or ten men or whatever, fine. Make peace of it and don't do not live your life the rest of your life having this wall because you got hurt by 10 men, 10 women. What happened if the 11 men and 11 women is the great man or the great woman you wanted in your life? But because you are not, because you have so much walls, that man is looking at you and saying, I ain't going to do this, or that woman is looking at you, I'm not going to take it. Why should I accept your past? And I feel a lot of men and women are not dealing it with saying, you got hurt, no problem. But do not bring that hurt or that frustration, or that judgment, or that test, or everything to the next person you're meeting. That next person you're meeting, man, and women should have a clean slate. Men or women, clean. And you should bring the same passion that you have if you're a giver. You should bring the same caring that you have as a giver, even to the 11th man, or to the 12 women that you have. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's our generation, don't forget, we live in a generation there is more single people now than married people. And if we continue that, there's gonna be we're gonna look at you and say, Really? There was married people. So in two thousand ten I said they said it's that there's more single people than married people. We never had that before. So you, you touched on that 'cause I that was that leads me to that's the perfect uh, opening. That's what I was going to ask you. Your thoughts on 
on being in a relationship versus being single? Do you believe that every person is supposed to be in a relationship? Do you think everybody was designed to be in, I, I guess, in in the relationship in which we define it today? You know, because traditionally, no, either, either dating, yeah, either monogamy with a, with one person or or married. That's that's pretty much how we frame relationships typically mm-hmm. nowadays. No, I, I think you got to be honest with yourself. I know there's some people who are not built for monogamy, and I have no problem with that. But the problem is, if you're not built for monogamous, do not go out with somebody who's built as a monogamous person. Be honest with yourself. You know what? I'm not built to be monogamy. And I'm not going to go against my nature because I'm not building. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you a bad man or a bad woman. But be honest with yourself. Then don't be surprised that, damn, I don't understand what happened. Then I don't understand how come I cheated. Because you weren't built to be monogamous. Be honest with yourself. Not with any woman and be with yourself in the mirror. Be honest. And I feel a lot of gender are not honest. Same thing with marriage. If you're not ready to commit to be in the marriage, then don't go there. Don't say I'm going to go to marriage and this and that. And Ask the hard question. What happens if you do have argument? What happens if you do raise a kid that is different? Ever? What happens if your significant other does get to an accident? Are you ready to be faithful for the rest of your life with that person? What happens if you lose, one of you two lost a job? The hard question. What are we going to do? Because those things could happen. Are you really going to be faithful? Are you really going to take it or not? And if you're not, be honest with yourself. Do not get married if you don't have that sense of commitment from both genders. So the, so that makes yeah, it, it, that makes sense. And I, I think, I also think that examples, examples, the examples that a lot of people have of relationships may factor in as well. What's your thoughts? Like what people see when they grow up what relationships look like in their household or in their neighborhoods and so forth. Do you think that weighs in too? Yeah. If you got brought up in the place that you saw your mom and daddy always fighting and never loving each other, never showing affection, never this and that, you're going to think in your mind it's normal to fight, it's normal to this. I go to women and I went to different children and said, if you met the perfect, not the perfect guy, an outstanding guy who treated you well and everything, who treated you the way you deserve to be treated because you, I think every creature in this world are special and deserve to be treated with respect and everything. And treated you well. Would you have a problem with that? And some women say, I would have a problem because there's no drama. It would be too perfect, Stanley. It would be too – no, it has to be something because they were raised that way. But if you, if you were raised in a family that you saw your mom and dad always showing affection and you saw your mom and dad telling their kids, and I truly believe that, me, mom and dad is number one and two. Kids, you're part of our life. You're not our life. We will raise you. We'll be. But one, one day, you kids will be gone of your life. And you, if you forgot that you were one and two, and your kids are gone for 18 years after 18 years gone, and you forgot one and two, you think you're gonna go back to what you were for 18 years? You forgot each other? You won't. Your kid has to learn that there's what is love, and and if you show it that way, you show affection to the point maybe even the kids go, man, are you gonna really do it? And my parents are they. Your kids will realize what it is to be affectionate, and it will bring that kind of fantasy. Man, my mom and dad love each other, so I I know what it is. 
I know what it is because I saw my mother and father all loving each other and showing so much affection every day. Did they have fights? Yes, but not in front of me. <laughs> they made that principle to say we're never going to have fight in front of our kids, ever. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? So I, so I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I talked to my mom and said, did you have fight with my father? Yes, we did. But she never saw his family. No, I didn't. They made a principle to say we're never going to show that to our kids. We're going to show the love to a kid. We're going to show the affection to a kid. We're going to show what it is to a, a man loving a woman, a woman loving a man. And I saw it every day. The only fight they would have is for some sports thing. One was for this, and one for one was for one team, and one was for the other team. And it wasn't even yelling; it was laughing at each other. You know. So when you have that kind of environment, and you go to other people who my mom, my father's never been there. Uh, my mom and dad yell more than everything, of course you're not in the same dynamic. You don't have the same standard. You don't believe the same way. So, so in the same, do you think that the old saying, love is enough, is it? No. Love is just part of it. What the work that you do after that You can love somebody But if you don't lose Loving somebody is giving the best that you have Without expecting something bad A lot of people say they love each other They don't love each other They're trading I hear a lot of women like Man, I am not going to do this Until that person does that They don't love that person You're trading How many couples that could go there And say, what did you do today To make your partner feel special Today uh, there you go. What happens if tomorrow your partner goes to because it goes to an accident and he's gone? Because you never know when life could be there. You can never know when your partner, your supposedly partner, the person that you love, is gone. Aren't you going to regret that you never did something special today because tomorrow he was gone? Hello? Oh, yeah. Was, oh, were you asking me a question? Yeah, that's the question I want. And, and then if you build every day of women and men building that emotional bank, that I always say to I say a lot of people, bring that emotional bank, build it. Small and partial. Every day, these small little gestures for a minute. So when a big crisis comes, you lost your kid, the kid got in a big accident. One of the two lost your job. Your marriage and relationship will be will be great because you built something every day. So when crisis comes, you're prepared for it. But if you didn't go deal any emotional bank and say, I love you, you love me, but I'm not going to do anything special except Valentine, your birthday, my birthday, and Easter. So, you're, so your relationship, four times or five times you're doing something special, so the next 360 days you're not doing anything special for each other? Really? And you're surprised that your marriage or your relationship doesn't work? Really? You're surprised that one of the two each other get acquainted? Really? You're surprised that one of the two is going to feel cheated? You're surprised that one of the two doesn't feel that they're important in the relationship? Really? When was the last time that men or women could say they look at their partner and they could really be honest 
any place and look at the eyes of the partner and tell the truth of saying, I am so glad you're in my life because of that, 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 all the reason that you could find, truthfully. I love you for being this kind. I love you for the person that you are. I love you for the, the joy that you bring. I love you for bringing me two beautiful daughter or son in my life. I love you for every day waking up and believing in you and nobody else. I love you for... That's a little trick. If you want the trick, when you say I love you, I appreciate you, come with the reason why. Don't say I love you for, I love you. That's nothing. Say the reason why. And if you do that every day, you think that person's not going to feel special and not going to feel wanted, not going to feel like, damn, I ain't going to take, I, I have a man who's treating me like this. Or I have a woman who's treating me like why should they jeopardize that? I ain't going to jeopardize that every day. No way. <laughs> but you got to work at it. You got to want it. And there's no reason now in 2006. You got so many examples, so many places you could do, so many travel. You, you have so many examples. Even if you don't have the money, there's so many ways you could surprise your man or your woman to make him feel special. Because that's the only thing. You can't make them feel happy. You can make them feel A lot of people don't feel special in a relationship. They feel taken. My man and my woman took me for granted. They don't treat me the same way they used to when we were going out. They don't bring me to the, the restaurant we used to go out. They don't smile the same way that they used to go out. They don't have, we don't learn not making love anymore the way we used to do we're so busy with the job and with the kids and then that we forgot each other. We lost each other. Really? You have to take it, you have to say that those things are important. Before your kid, it was you two. If it wasn't for you two being happy, there wouldn't be no kids. There wouldn't be no house, there wouldn't be the job, there wouldn't be this. And a lot of people forget that. Sacrifice everything for the kids, but forget this, even to the point of sacrificing their relationship with the kids. And then they're surprised that, whoops, once the kid is gone, they got divorced. Really? It's been 18 years you've been not being honest with each other or loving each other. I'm not surprised you're divorced or it didn't work out. I'm not surprised. Show me your action, the, uh... I'll show you your future. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what about the growing pains that, you know, some – some couples go through as far as, uh, you know, people grow and they develop mm-hmm. individually mm-hmm. over time. It's, and so they some say that some people grow apart or maybe they didn't have foundation at first in, in the first place. Okay, but go get the foundation if you don't have the foundation. If you know that in your mind your man is telling you you have a bad attitude, you have two choices. Are you going to be honest with us and, man, maybe I do need to fix on my attitude? And you have many books, many psychology, many things that you could work on. It depends if you're ready to work on it, be honest with each other. Or are you going to – do you want to – there's a principle that I truly believe. Do you want to be happy in your relationship or do you want to be right? Those are two different paths. If you want to be happy, you'll have an amazing, extraordinary relationship. If you want to be right, you'll be in a very bad relationship because nobody wants to feel that you, he, he, somebody else is right over the earth. Nobody wants to feel that.
So when I hear people are outgrown, why why was it outgrown? It didn't happen just in one day that you got outgrown. It happened over years that you got outgrown. Like I said, show me your action, and I'll say, that's the reason you got outgrown. Don't tell me, oh, I got outgrown in a week. No, you got outgrown because it's been five years you've been not talking to each other in honesty. And now you've been outgrown because this person is a level 20, and you've still been a level 1. When was the last time you went to that partner, uh, supposedly loved one, and be honest with them? You can't even be honest with them. The girlfriends or your friend knows more about the relationship than you two are supposed to, than you two who are supposedly the relationship people knows. That's not normal. And you're outgrowing each other? Really? Go ahead. Oh yeah, you make a good you make a good point. <laughs> because I heard that the out the outgrown. No. That doesn't happen after one week. The outgrown happened after five years or ten years of doing nothing both each other. And not just stopping and saying, What are we doing? <laughs> we have beautiful kids, we have the house, we have this and that. What happens if you lose it all? You lose it all. Are you still, are the foundation is still going to be there? You have no no house, no car, forget about the material. Are you still going to be able to look at each other and say, we're still going to make it? Or is those things the foundation for your relationship? That when those things crumble, your whole relationship is gone. Because I know some people like that, that, yeah, yeah. Until I have the job and he's doing the six figures and she's doing what she needs to do, we're okay. But once that crumble, woo, you see the real hurt inside. I've outgrown you. Really? You didn't say that when I had the job of six figure. I've outgrown you. Really? You didn't say that when I was cooking for you every day and ca- taking care of you. Now I stop doing those things, suddenly you're outgrown me? If you can't be honest with your partner as much as you're honest with your friend, then you have a problem in your relationship. If you have more tendency to go to your friend and be completely blunt and no problem with that, but you can't do it with your partner, there's a serious problem in your relationship. And if that person can't have the respect to listen to you and accept the critic without taking it personally, because relationship is you two. A relationship is a boat that you two built, and you're both trying to go to a certain distance. Now, if the other person can't accept your credit and try to destroy the boat, how the hell are you going to move with the boat? One is trying to destroy it, and one's trying to move on. You're both going to sink. I feel it's all those things that I feel in school we don't teach. We don't teach how to resolve conflict. We don't teach about... Love, we don't. We teach about everything in school, but we don't teach about two things that are fundamental that will affect the rest of our life: relationship and money. We never teach about those two things. Those two things are, the, are more important than anything we learn in school, because relationship and money will affect you for the rest of your life. And you're supposed to be an expert on those things, but you never learn about it, ever. The reason I'm talking to you that way is because I read books. 
I didn't learn it on my own. It didn't come from me like this. I read books and I said, man, I want to have an authentic relationship. Let me go get the people who are professional relationship and find out what they're saying and let me look at this and notice it and read it and this and that and make a job out of it so I could become that person. Because I was zero on relationship before. Zero. Until I took it seriously. Same thing with money. I just feel that I just feel a little bit down that I feel a lot of people their foundational relationships are very negative when they should be positive because in my eyes, when two people love each other, there is nothing more enjoyable and more even if when I see a man and woman love each other and they're kissing and they're enjoying each other and you feel it, there is nothing there's no money in the world that could replace that, and you'll see the biggest grin in my in my face when I see that when it's real there's nothing. Compared to that, nothing. I just wish we would go back to that. A lot of us. So, what about redeemable uh, traits? Uh, in your opinion, uh, are there are there just certain things in a relationship that you can cannot be redeemed? You can't you can't come back from. I guess I guess a lot of if you cannot trust your partner, you can't redeem that. There's no respect to the relationship. You can't redeem that. There's no honesty in the relationship. You can't redeem that. Those are the three principles you need to build and have as a foundation. And say from day one, we're going to be honest each other. You're going to hear me, and I'm going to hear it with respect. Don't say fucking. Don't say it with disrespecting the other person. Don't say you you bitch and this. You better no no. There's a way you could talk to your man. There's a way a woman could talk to her. There's a woman. There's a way a woman could talk to a man, and there's a way a man could talk to a woman to make her hear and tell the truth. But if you don't have no honesty, no trust, no respect, then you're from the. There's no, there's no, then then it brings the whole thing. Cheating, no surprise. Letting each other go physically, no surprise. One game away, one did it. Losing a job, I can't gonna trust my girlfriend. When do you think that happened? But if every day you build something, we're going to be honest each other, even if it hurts. Just before leaving you, just every night before we leave you, I, I don't know, we're going to eat together. You know what? We're going to eat together for an hour or 40 minutes. We're going to talk, and we're really going to listen to each other. We may not agree, but we're going to listen to each other so we both know where we're coming from. And we're going to build the emotional. We're going to show some passion for each other. We're going to... I'm going to do a little thing. You're going to do a little thing. Not because I have to, because I want to. Because you're precious to me. If you do that every day, then you'll have a relationship that people will be talking to you and saying, man, do you remember those two people? After 20 years, they love each other. And you feel it. And the passion is still there. And the caring is still there. But you've got to build it. So when I hear, well, no, there's no redeeming. There's the only redeeming is because you fell off the foundation. You lost the thing that you were supposed to do every day, and then the redeeming came, the cheating, the redeeming came, the lying, the redeeming came, all the stuff that you have. 
Because when you see all those stuff, go by the foundation. Were they doing what they're supposed to do? No. So there you go. The results were all the stuff that you're saying that make them break up. Because if they're <clears> doing what they're supposed to do, please show me every, somebody, two people doing what they need to do and they broke up. Please show me that kind of relationship. Please. I'm not taking each other for granted of every day treating that other person as special of seeing it in their life. I'm happy to be to be with that person of being sexy, being influenced, and saying, "Let me surprise him with this, or let me surprise her with this," and doing this every day. Please show me a relationship that's been doing that for ten years and it didn't work out, and they had problems, and they had shitty thing, and they was. Please show me that kind. Please, I want to see that example. The majority of relationships that doesn't work out is because they're not even the foundation. Were they honest with each other? No. <laughs> men, men are going more in the barbershop saying things to their wife. You know how many men I go to barbershop tell, telling stuff to their wife that they will never say? I could put a tape recorder and say, this is your man. Say that. They'll say in front of me, so that was my, not my voice, family. To their wife. The wife will go to her girlfriend and say, oh, kind of show about the husband. I could put a same tape recorder in front of them. Say, did you say that to the Delphi? I never said that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. So, so you can't be honest. But you're surprised. Come on. You can't even trust each other. Why are you surprised? Oh, I got to call my girlfriend to make sure that she knows I'm here exactly 3.30 because if I'm not there at 3.30, she's going to think I'm, I'm somewhere else and uh, I didn't call her for 3.35 and she's panicking and this and that calling me. The reason she's panicking is because all the time you said you were there supposed to be at 3.30, you were never keeping your word and you said you were going to be there and she checked one time on you and she realized you were lying all the time. That's why she's panicking and calling you at 3.35. She didn't go berserk on her own. Same thing with the woman. The guy is going berserk and jealous because you were supposed to do this and you're not keeping your word. Instead of being honest and saying, no, I'm not here, I'm really here. And sticking with it. At least you're honest with the person. And the respect, let's not even go there. You don't even talk each other with respect. You have more respect for your boss and for your job than you have respect for your relationship. And how many people I'll tell them that? If, if I would put your job as your relationship, how many people would, would say to the other person, you're fired? How many people would say, if I would tell you tomorrow, treat with the same attitude, the same disrespect to your boss and see what's the consequence? Please tell me how many would keep their job. You will never hear a man or woman say, do those things, because they know if they have this kind of attitude, this kind of disrespect, tomorrow they will lose their job. But they have no problem doing it in a relationship? And this is supposed to be more important than your job. This is your partner. This is somebody that you're going to live with, that you share the most important thing, which is bringing a kid in this world. This is supposed to be your backbone. This is supposed to be somebody you trust. This is supposed, and you have more way of acting correctly in a job than in your house. And then you're surprised they're telling me those things happen? Really? Look at their job. You will never have the attitude of a woman. A woman will never have an attitude that she has to bring a husband. And this is your husband. Your priority is really stupid if your job is more important than your relationship. Then I really look at you. 
because your relationship would be more important than your job. Oh, uh, five ten. You um, you're in the you're in the queue. I just wanted to let you know your mic is this, I've been listening about twelve minutes. Is this like pre-recorded or what is what is this? No, go ahead. I, I mean, I mean, go it's ahead. just like, please take a breath. You know. No, I'm listening. Slow down. Oh. Go ahead. I mean, I'm it's just like going on and on and on and on and on. It would give any woman a headache. Seriously. No, I'm not giving you a headache. That. Go ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. They will not be able to listen to that. I'm telling you. Any... Go ahead. That's all I have to say is just please give it a break, will you? What am I giving a break? I just want to hear what you're saying. <sighs> God, just just play it back. You'll see. No, no, I'm not. You heard, you heard, you heard what I said. I didn't see nothing to upset. I mean, I listened. I men. didn't listen. I couldn't. No, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I wouldn't do it. But okay, but why did I? You're talking about a minute. I'm talking. I'm talking about both genders. I didn't talk about one gender. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask you: Have you ever been married? I don't think you've ever been married, have you? No, but I was a part of a, a, my mom and father being married for 50 years. So I know what it is. Uh-huh, I can tell. Well, you know what? Your mom is not is going to have a different relationship with her husband than you will have if you get married with a wife. Why so would the, I have? Yeah. Okay, but, but the question if I want to ask If you can't understand why, that, then this, this is useless. No, no, I, 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 I don't question, have anything else to but, say. But, ma'am, I'm asking I, you the question, why would I have a different relationship? Because you're coming I'm not something. Go, I have nothing I, else to say. I have nothing else to say. See, you don't respect people. I, you, you know, what, I have nothing else to say. What's weird about respecting people? I'm asking you a question. So asking you a question is not respecting people? Go ahead. I'm listening to what you're saying. Hello? What happened to the caller? Hello? Yeah, I think she decided not to respond afterwards, I'm I'm assuming. I I don't understand. So asking a question to somebody is disrespecting somebody now? Am Am I getting this right now? You you would have to ask this lady. I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. You see this this thing? I don't understand this venom. Because did I say stuff that was only pro women or pro men? Didn't I go to both genders? You're you're the host. You could tell me the truth. Did I go to just one gender or was I going to both? Be honest. <laughs> I have no problem. <laughs> No, I mean, I, could, I, could, I could, I could, I could see both perspectives. I could see how, I think, and I, I could be wrong because she, she could uh, clarify it more. But it sounded like um, some of what she was saying. It sounded like she said that you were pretty much doing rapid fire. That you were, you had a continuous dialogue that was, that was a, uh, it was like a never end the loop. Because the first thing she asked about is if the show, if the show was being recorded. Um, so that's that's what I got from it. So I don't I, I don't know the I don't know the full depth of it, but that's my assumption. Because be, I have no problem taking any people talking and everything. I have no problem stopping when I say. 
The only problem I have is when we ask questions that we have a respondent saying, you cannot explain yourself when we're asking questions. Why not? I respect the woman, what she has to say. If she has something good to contribute to the show, go ahead. Uh, well, I don't know. I know. I know. I, I left the mic open just just in case she wanted to respond, speak, or say any if she had any other comments. But I think she decided to. Yeah. She was done. With, was done with the dialogue. So that's my assumption. And, but Do you think that if we had more, I'm asking a question. Do you think that if we had in school that we would teach about relationship and money that uh, the next generation would have it better if we thought about conflict resolved and all those stuff that is, I think are very important that the next generation would be better if you taught them from all the way from the beginning of school, maybe four years or all the way to college forcing them to have those courses on relationship and money it would be better for our society in general? You know, I I definitely don't have it's, it's, there's definitely a lot I have to learn in that department. Uh, I think my opinion regarding relationships is that I think the better we are at personal development, I think the better we'll be when we when we're involved with another individual. I think I think relationship dynamics, in in my opinion, start. Starts with your relationship with one's one's relationship with oneself first, and their ability to you know pick up on different social cues and and understands um, you know relationship dynamics so they can socialize with other people. So I think I think if you if you learn how to really you know develop yourself well, and I think part of part of the benefit from that. Will uh, it will translate into how you interact and engage with others, and and so if you, if two people come together, I think that have really really focused on personal development, you know, I think that I think when they get together, I think that it can go a long way. But you know, it's so like I, I said, it's a I, lot I have to learn in that area. <laughs> so, I agree with you. I agree with that. So how come we don't focus so much on telling people that you have? to have personal development? How come we don't tell people that you need to grow up and and, and improve who you are to have a good day? How come we don't say that to both genders? That's it. I don't know. I think I think it's different. It's probably different for different households. I think different, as I'm sure everybody, you know, I always talk about household culture. So I think each, everybody has a, a specific house, uh, house culture. Everybody's culture is different in that house. And so I think, you know, it it varies. You know, what type of uh, relationships, what type of personal development that starts in the household, um, it can can vary. And uh, and I've I've learned that just from growing up, growing up in a neighborhood that wasn't considered to be one of the best on the outside looking in, wasn't considered to be one of the best neighborhoods. But if you look at different people's individual households, that's where you started to really see the uniqueness. And what created, you know, whatever whatever characteristics you saw play out with the people that would come out of those households and what that community became, you know, some people would stigmatize. You know how that goes. Some people stigmatize neighborhoods. But, um, you know, you go into some neighborhoods where uh, an entire block or a couple blocks are 
are in so-called rough neighborhoods, but they those neighborhoods, those blocks would look as as pristine and as nice as some of the, the nicest suburbs because of what's happening in their house. So I think I think that has a lot to do with it. With, with personal development is I think it starts obviously in your household, but then I think it also I thought I think it continues with with you know self determination your your personal the decisions we make to develop our our intentions and our hunger and our thirst to to develop a variety of areas and our awareness of areas in which we haven't developed in our lives too and that need to be honed and skilled and improved and developed. Why do you think there's so much a rift between men and women? You what what do you see? With that rift, do you see there's a rift, or do you see there's no rift at all? Would you see it's a normal course of, of life that we're seeing what we're seeing now? Do you think that we were more tight before? Or do you think that no, it's just a normal course, or what do you think? Oh, I don't know if I, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't tight wouldn't wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't consider it like men against women. I, I guess I don't see it like that. I I, I see individual cases where you can see negative scenarios play out. So for me, I, I've seen I've seen some thriving, you know, great relationships between men and women, and I've seen some very very bad situations where you know either men didn't respect women or women didn't respect men. And you know, all that to me, it goes back to to household culture too, because you have, in some cases, you have some men who have that terrible relationships with with the women in their household, and that translates to how they interact with women outside of their household. And then in other cases, you have men who grew up who had great, like I had a great relationship with the women in my family, so that can translate to great relationships with women outside of. Of your uh, family, but also had great relationships, you know, with the men in my my family. So that, so I think I think a balance, a balance helps to have that balance in your house and your in your in your community and so forth in your social settings. I think that that helps to uh, create, you know, to to determine how you develop yourself and how you engage with with others, whether it's men or women. So I don't I don't place it so much on the man or the woman. I think I think it's it's definitely individual cases where you see issues, you know, between men and women. You definitely see it. And uh but but I think everything is case by case. I try to take it case by case case by case so. scenario. And and uh, one question: the money part and everything. Do you think that we are better in 2018 when it comes to money, or we're worse compared to back in the days when we were seeing the power source that we had with money? A hundred bucks back in, I guess, the 2000 could it could buy you a lot of stuff. Compared to a hundred bucks now, you have less purchase power. What do you, do you see that, or do you say no? It's the same. Uh, it's interesting. I, I actually talk away some. Um, I was talking to my grandfather and some of my some of the other elders in my family about the difference between you know when they talk to me about my granddad's ninety plus, so he talks about an era when he grew up where he could quit 
like three different jobs and walk across the street and get another job like in the same day. And for, you know, for my generation, that's that's like, that sounds insane. That sounds like a fantasy world. Like you can quit jobs <laughs> and just run to any job and pick up where you left off. It, it was like a, ple- it sounds like on, a, you know, like it was a plethora of jobs. Now, I I'm sure it wasn't like just an overflow of jobs, but it, it sounds like from the outside, you know, for me listening to him, it sounded like they had more job options, so to speak. He talks about the vocational training that they received and, and things of that nature. And, of course, you know, you didn't have to be as educated to work a, a variety of different professions. So I think I think I, I definitely see a lot of jobs leaving, you know, leaving a lot of Jobs leaving, particularly in the U.S., you see a lot of the jobs, whether it's manufacturing or whatever it is, they um, take a lot of them away and then they kind of transplant them or outsource them to other places. So I I do see a limited amount of jobs and way more job, you know, job applicants than I've I've ever seen, you know, in my personal lifetime. But you know I haven't been here that long, so I can't I can't give a great gauge. But just based on the discussions I have with with the elders, it seems like it seems like there were more jobs being, in my opinion, just from listening, than there are today. I would say, just just you know, that's my assumption though. Do you think that you have a better future for? For your generation, you think the future is going to be great, amazing for your future, or do you see it bleak and down? Or do you see it's going to be amazing? Do you see, you know, you know me? I don't, I don't see all good or bad. I, I see a combination. You know, for for me personally, I see you know it's great. I can't, you know, I personally can't c- complain because I, you know, I, I've been fortunate to do very well. But I see, you know, people peers and, and, you know, some people in, in the neighborhoods that, you know, like the neighborhood that I grew up in and a lot of people aren't doing that well. You know, they're not they're not striving as, as much. Even some of the people who, who have achieved a lot of academic accolades and so on, I see, I've seen a lot of them having a, you know, a tough time with uh, transitioning from that, that ac- academia to, to the workforce. So, so mm-hmm. I, I think you know I, I, I don't know if it's gonna it's a bad situation or a better. I, I, I think, I guess I always look at it as we have to do something differently than we might have done them before uh, to to uh, to get the results we want. So you know you there was a time when you could work for a company and be there for for forty you know forty thirty forty years and retire. That was that was normal in my granddad's era. In my my era, that's that's not as normal. You know, I see more people in need of creating their own opportunities. You know, and, and more like investing, getting into technology, things of that nature. Not just technology, but but really paving a way to be able to understand capital, move capital, and make capital. Uh, you know, monetize things. Some of the things that you might not know you can monetize, you have to figure out how to, you know, monetize things in a way in which you probably never had to in the past. Is 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 what I kind of see where where it's going. 
So you're saying we're going to be more entrepreneurs and things like that than the employees so, and things like that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say pers- not necessarily entrepreneurs because I don't think everybody is an entrepreneur, but I would just say have multiple streams of income, you know, because you don't necessarily have to be oh. an entrepreneur to, to make, you know, have multiple streams of income coming in. You can just own okay. a couple couple buildings or, or or have some some investments or some stock or some or a variety of different ways of generating capital. So you so if you can figure out ways of, you know, monetizing some a different different things, different skills you might have, you might not be a traditional a, a entrepreneur in the traditional sense, but you just, you know, have to create more find figure out more ways to, to generate consistent capital to monetize things. that's that's kind of where I see, you know, the, uh, everything heading now, especially with the with the gig economy kicking in. You know, when you mm-hmm. see the peer to peer the gig economy, I think that's going to shift from our research. It's going to change the way we do the work the workforce. Now you have those 1044 um, um, tax tax um, forms. So you know you're going to have independent people doing 1044 work. Is going to replace a lot of, you know, full-time jobs where you have the 401ks and the benefits and things of that nature. So, you know, we saw we saw the the era where you, there was a shift to more part-time jobs. Now I, I'm mm-hmm. starting to also see more 10 1044 um, options that's coming where you see big corporations trying to eliminate uh, more staff for permanent staffers and, and, to, and get uh, replace them. And you know, we're, we're independent. We're independent people, so that they can figure out more ways of uh, keeping their pockets fat. So, so that's that could be a uh, challenging for a lot of people. Are you? Do you agree with the minimum wage that they want to bring to fifteen dollars in California and fifteen dollars in New York? Because they're saying that if we don't bring it to that, their living wage is not enough money. So everybody, if they want to live in New York or in those places. They need to have those minimum wage to be just to be able to live, or do you think that we're never going to resolve that because if it's fifteen one year in ten years maybe it'll have to be twenty five and then thirty five and then whatever. Well, I, you know we can look at history. You know historically there was a time when uh, people made way less money, but they had the ability to purchase homes and start businesses and so forth. So I, I wouldn't say the I, I'm not anti I'm not against raising the minimum wage at all. Or if, I'm not I'm neutral. And I say I'm neutral because, you know, the pro, one of the problems that comes from raising a minimum wage is yeah, you can raise the minimum wage but if you don't have a cap on on um renting or, you know, which is what a lot of people have to do that's dealing with that issue, they're not homeowners. If you're not putting a cap on rentals or or taxes, then you can raise up the taxes and raise up the, you know, the rent. And so your fifteen dollars becomes the seven dollars or the ten dollars or whatever else you had before that. So it really doesn't, you know, it really doesn't change anything. So I think a minimum wage raise without a without a, a cost of living cap is kind of like an oxymoron. It doesn't really change anything because mm-hmm. all they have to do is raise uh-huh. the you know, raise up, raise something up that 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 you're, you're spending money on it that you thought you were gonna uh, be able to afford. 
Are you looking forward for the election with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders? Are you disappointed that those are supposed to lead the best that we have to become president of the United States, or you're not surprised, or you're like, eh? Are you disappointed with the politician and things like that, or you're like, eh? It is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm more I'm more of a hand type of person when it comes to politics because I I you know as you do more research and you have a better understanding of of our political system you know that um the power of the purse the power of um of what, what's the word I'm looking for of uh I can't think of the term but the but the people <laughs> that they pay to get certain bills passed I can't it's, it's not coming to me right now but you you know that term yeah. where where they where they uh it, they pay a certain amount of capital and the they, lobbying? they put those bills. The lobbying? Yeah, lobby, lobbying, right, lobbying. So the lobbying, I know that the lobbying is really what, is really the difference making. Not so much, you know, local elections are are are, are okay. They're not bad when you look at elections, but ultimately, it's it's about the lobby. If if you're not lobbying, if you're not in that game, you're really not pushing forward anything because you're not changing. You're not affecting. Policies. The people that have access to lobbies are really the ones who, who will, um, you know, control policies. So if you don't have that, you, it doesn't matter who you put in, <laughs> put in there. They're just, they're just faces. What's your thought of President Obama in general? You think he was a good president? You think he could have done better for black people? You think he deserved to have done better for black people, or do you think he did the best that he could in general? After eight years, I I think he did as well as as those who paid for him to be in his position, this had desired him to do. So for those who lobbied and and you know got their bills passed, I think he was a great great president. I think if I think if you just going into the system and voting and thinking that alone was going to do it, then you, you might be disappointed. <laughs> but 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 if you you know if you get like I said again if you have access to lobbies, no matter who you put up there you're gonna you're gonna get what you want out the deal you know you can, now if you talk to some of the corporations that had uh, put in some invested campaign dollars and things of that nature now that I'm sure they had they can say he was a, he's a great president. <laughs> but for the black people, you think that they're disappointed? You think that because I hear some black people that are a little bit disappointed that they say President Obama should have done more for us as black people because he's black. You think that he uh, had the duty to do something to us because he was black? It would be like uh, George Bush should have done more for white people because he's white. You think that as a president, because you're black, you should do more on your own people because you know what it is to be black, or he should not focus on that and focus on every human being in the United States? Uh, it's for me, it's hard to look at it from that lens. I guess if I, when I was a kid, I probably would have looked at it like that. But as an adult, no, I guess understanding the the system more and how it, how our system, our government functions, I, I it's harder for me to look at President Obama as as a uh, you know black people's president or or kind of be upset about certain bills or things of that nature because I don't I don't really look at him 
from that lens. I don't look at them like, uh, like man, President Obama is doing this and that. Other, I, I just look at them as another politician. You know, it's just he's like everybody else to me. I mean, I don't. Okay. I put I, if you say President Ronald Reagan and you say President Obama, I, they mean the same thing to me. Okay. If you say Bill Clinton, he means the same thing that all three of those guys mean to me. So it's so they they they're interchangeable. They're just they're just faces to me. I mean, I barely remember the name. I mean, I, I have to remember the names of a lot of presidents because of different things I had to research. But I mean, it's for me they're they're just you know they're just faces that re, they ju, they're just the face and the name tag to whoever the lobbyists and the people who were behind the scenes doing what they needed to do at that time were doing. That's good. It's like having actors you, you, in the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. I guess so. You think, talking about that, do you think that the media and everything when it comes to black people is portraying black people good, or do you think that the media is a little bit responsible for us for portraying us as, supposedly bad people and we do drugs and we do this, or do you think that we're responsible for, we don't show the media how good black people could be or stuff like that, or do you think the media has something to do with that? Oh, I think, you know, the media is, is similar. It's similar to politics. It's, it, it all depends on what, who pays for what. So I, for me, I, you know, I kind of aggregate my, media and I, I kind of pick and choose the different platforms that I'm I'm kind of you know I'm more interested in for certain things and so I think I think uh, we we come we're in the we're in the uh, a stage an era where people kind of consume we consume media differently than in the past and so you know I think everybody has a their preference on how they choose media now if you if you are a consumer of media who just accepts whatever is being dis- distributed, then yeah, you might you might be upset. But I kind of I pick and choose what what stuff I want to see. So like if I want to see the the weather, I might watch you know any any anybody will do any local news station will do just for the weather. If I want like accurate information about specific things, you know, then, then I know where to go to get the the true stories about different things. And so, like, I think you have to control your own – you have to control media yourself. If you want if you want positive images of yourself, then you have to invest in that type of infrastructure to to produce it. And then you also have you to think- demonstrate – you have to demonstrate the type of uh, lifestyle and, and, and the habits that will, will uh, you know, that will be cohesive with what you – Create. Do you think Facebook, Twitter, is saying is a positive thing for people, or do you think it was a bad thing for people looking at it when it's been, it's been like six years, seven years with Facebook? Do you think it's a positive thing? I think it's both. I think it depends on how they. It it's like anything. It's, it depends on who's using it. Like a gun. <laughs> it's, okay. like, it's like a gun, depending on who's using it. It could, and what okay. what the situation is, the circumstances. It could be, it could be a good thing if, if you know, if you have a weapon and you have a license, and you're and you're, you're um, protecting a, a situation. 
like literally protecting it. Now you know, you know, not using some bias or some bigotry or something like that, and you just using that to take somebody out. But you protecting something like your household, <laughs> that's a good use. You know, if you're just going out randomly shooting up schools and crazy stuff like that, you know, that's not that's not a good idea. Do you think the same thing with the internet? Do you think the internet is a positive and negative? Depends how you use it. You think it's yeah. uh, having more information because. I want to ask you, don't you think we have an overload of information? How do you know that this information is right and this information is wrong? Do you think we have, we're in a situation where we have, compared back in the day, we had no information, now we have an overload of information, and you think that it's an issue for the, for the generation to know which one is right, which one is false, and things like that? Well, I think, I think it, it, can, it can be. It can be a bad thing, but it's, it can be a positive thing, and it Kind of like books. It's 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 just it's um it's just a new version of of when we were limited when we had books. You know, book was books were innova- was innovation at some point. So it's the same thing. You know, you, depending on the authors and the distributors and the people who put out the books and the content, could you know you could have some bad content in some of those books. You could have some accurate. And you can have some accurate stuff in some of those books and research. So I think it's the same way with the internet that you know you have some some content that's being distributed through the internet that you know you have to do a lot of fact checking and you have to be smart and at you know real good at doing the fact checks and finding out what's going on. And then you have some some uh, information that comes through the internet that, like you said, that's definitely false. A lot of false flag stuff that uh, that creates bad um, content. So I think it's it's always a combination. It's hard it's hard to have one or the other. Do you look at sports? Do is there any sports you look at? Basketball? Is there any sport you love? Uh, right now, I think I'm, I'm keep I'm keeping up with the dra- the football draft and uh, and oh, I am football. checking out some of the playoffs. <laughs> I'm checking out some okay. of the playoffs right now of, of the NBA, so I am watching some of it. Right, is, there some, is there something that surprises you in the NBA? Are you surprised that Toronto is going to lose maybe again against Indiana? No. And that you, no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not surprised. They, they've been number two. They're number two in the East, and they're losing again. Yeah, Last well, we... thing, they were number two, and they're losing again. Yeah, it's just like like watching some of the teams get into the playoffs like the Grizzlies, and you wonder, like, how in the heck did some of these teams get in there to be embarrassed? You see Miami blow out. Some some of the playoffs are sad because, you know, you're watching certain teams. You're watching the playoffs and teams are getting blown out. that That, to me, as a fan, is sad. That's disheartening. Because that shouldn't be not in the playoffs. In the regular season, okay, but I don't want to watch, you know, two teams in the playoffs and one is just getting blown out the water in the first half. That's just that's unfortunate. <laughs> what What's more important for you, Golden State with their seventy three win, or Golden State with having a championship? Which one is more important? Definitely the winning the championship because. More you important know, than seventy-three you, and beating the ultimate record that nobody thought it was possible to beat. Yeah, because if you if you beat the record and then lose in the playoffs, I mean that's 
that kind of that kind of defeats the purpose of calling you one the best team. Better talking about you're better than like the Bulls of '96, '95, and all that. You know, that okay, okay. Right so you're saying they have all the pressure to do the final. So if they don't do the final, people are gonna say, "Yeah, it was a great year for Golden State to be seventy-three, but they didn't win a championship." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's if they even wow. remember the the Warriors after losing the uh, losing in the playoffs. If they lose in the playoffs, then you know it's kind of like the Golden State who. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Patriots when they lost in the final. There was eleven or whatever, and they went against the Giants and they lost that game. And everybody's like, "Yeah, but they didn't win the championship." Okay. Exactly. Who's your finalist for the NBA? You think it's going to be Cleveland versus uh, Golden Warriors in the final like last year, or you think there's going to be another team? I'm undecided. I'm 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 uh, I'm you know I'm in between the Spurs because I like the Spurs and the Warriors. So I know it's we know it's going to be either the Spurs or or Golden State. But I'm I'm not going to lie. I I, I don't know which one. I'm really uh, undecided with those two because I know in the regular season most people would say yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's an easy choice, but I don't know, you know, especially if uh, Stephen Curry's ankle isn't um, up to par, you know, then then going to stage would really be in trouble. But I, we know Cleveland, no one else in the East is like worth having a discussion about. So <laughs> you know, so, so, know so Cleveland's longest. just gonna walk in and go all the way to the fight. Can you imagine Cleveland? Oh my God. So Cleveland is just going to walk and go all the way to the finals. Oh, absolutely. I mean, wow. it, I would, you know, they, they might get lucky and win this year. Who knows? <laughs> this is Cleveland. Remember three years ago, you would have said Cleveland's doing a final. People would have laughed at you. Cleveland? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cleveland without, without LeBron James. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think he's going to win a championship in Cleveland? Uh-huh. I think if if he doesn't win this year, I don't think so. I think this year will determine. If he doesn't win the one this year, I think it's a, it's a wrap. This wow. is the last year that LeBron James could win in Cleveland, in my opinion. Something, wow. Something like something drastic would have to happen in Cleveland. Like he would have to get, he would have to convince somebody like Kevin Durant or somebody to come to Cleveland for I don't know. Yeah, but do you know that LeBron did six final in a row? He's had the yeah, he did six final in a row. So if he does the final today, it's going to be seven in a row for the championship. But he also he also played um, with uh, some great players when he was in Miami. He yeah. helped to play. He also, he helped, the, yeah. The, yeah, that. Uh, what were you doing? What, what did you think about? When when he did that famous conference in front of everybody, the when CSN, everybody stopped for that famous conference of him saying, "What are you doing? Are you going to Cleveland <laughs> or Miami?" The whole not one, court, not two, up. Yeah? not three, not four championships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the decision. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, the decision. Exactly the decision. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, that was definitely ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody could have done like it. Did you ever think that that was going to happen? He stopped every no. 
personal channel for even nothing was more important than oh sorry sir uh, coming to we got to stop the show we got to LeBron the decision <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> and we got a decision yeah I think I think a lot of people were upset that day you know a lot of people were watching programs probably and it just they had a, a, a temporary interruption in the program. <laughs> because of the decision. Not even the president. Because of the decision. <laughs> right. Yeah. Were you happy that he decided to go back to his route and say, I owe Cleveland. Cleveland was the one who put me in the map, so I need to go back to them? Or were you not shocked that he did that? Uh, I, I was a little surprised. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy or sad. I think, you know, I'm more of a fan of what LeBron does off of the court than on the court. I'm not a big I was a, I liked LeBron like his rookie year, but you know, after that, you know, over time he's become like mm, a bully on the court, so I'm not really I don't really like players who whine on the court and cry about fouls all the time for referees and get away with a lot of stuff, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not big on that. But off the court, yeah, I, I like LeBron James. Off the court, a lot of the stuff he does. So you think he's a bully like. on the court? You feel like he's complaining too much and asking too much of uh, the umpire to please call a foul because he did that or hurt me a little bit or pushed me a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I think I think that's why he played with Miami because him and Le, him and Dwayne Wade together. I mean, they, <laughs> they uh. Do you think that during the time of Jordan it was more physical compared to back to now, or was it? Uh, you think that now it's more physical compared to back to Jordan? Oh, it was definitely more physical when Jordan played because they they couldn't do hand checks and all that. So yeah, they they got away with a lot of stuff. I mean, you watch the old Pistons play. I've I've seen some tapes with the Pistons playing, and uh, it was brutal. It was like street ball. <laughs> so. Uh, you forgot the referees were outside with, with the bat when the bad boys were playing. So yeah, they it was a different game as far as the physicality of it. I, I think I think it's still physical. I just don't, you know it's but you know they're not literally beating you up like Detroit Pistons literally beat oh, people yeah, up. No. I'm <laughs> reading a biography of uh, the Michael Jordan talking about that. He the determination when basically he lost, I think for the second time, the first time against Detroit, and said no more. And basically, they, they, he went to some the person, the same trainer that trained him for the rest of his life to become the, the physically more fit and more strong. So he went to him and they said, "Do whatever you got to do and everything." And he said, "I'm taking it all in my back, no matter what." And he became big because he was he was very good. Don't get me wrong, but physically. Couldn't stand up to Detroit. Detroit was like saying, "We're going to put all the pressure on him, everything on him." And yeah, don't get me wrong, Jordan. Jordan had his share of crying too. You know, he got away with some stuff too. But um, even even with Jordan, is for some reason I I see more of it now. Just a theory in the NBA, I see more. Certain stars getting away, particularly LeBron James, getting away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it's sometimes it can be a little annoying because you see this guy that's six eight, almost three hundred pounds, knocking people over. That's like five foot five, 
and and no offensive foul. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And they call you know I was watching Reggie Jackson get called for certain fouls, and I, I kind of chuckled because I was like, man, the guy is six eight, almost three hundred pounds. Reggie Jackson yeah. is like a fly. He's like a fly to him. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he doesn't. He were doesn't you shocked that? Uh, yeah, were you shocked that Kobe did the sixty points on his last game? Not really. I think you know Kobe is Kobe is still Kobe. He showed he showed some signs of it in the regular season that he could still do it, and he had a, he had time to rest up before his last game. So I think I think it was a good it was a great way to go out. You know, as far as him scoring the 60 points, showing that he could still put up 60. He could still do it. Yeah. Yeah, you, even though, you know, the Lakers, unfortunately for Laker fans, they suck this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Can you imagine Lakers I mean, and Celtics down like this? It's really – are you more shocked that Lakers are always down or Celtics? Um, maybe the Lakers. Lakers, not so much. You never, yeah. You never thought that they were going to go that down, like at least they have. Yeah, not not like this. I mean, I'm, I can't, I I can't recall a, a season when the Lakers was. I've seen some, a, a short period of time when they were weren't that great, but man, they're bad. Like they're Chicago Bulls, but <clears throat> Chicago Bulls is my team, but. Chicago Bulls suck. <laughs> <laughs> but Chicago Bulls had, after the Jordan area, they were at a certain point that they thought they had another Jordan. The other guy, what's his name? That won the oh, Derrick Rose? Yeah, he was supposed yeah, to be the next Jordan. Everybody was saying, yo, here we go. Every other team was like, oh, no, here we go again, another Jordan. Yeah, he, he got injured so much. It was, unfortunately for him, you know, his his prime – was reduced by injury, like, 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 uh, like Brandon Roy and you know, a couple, Anthony Hardaway, you know, Tracy McGrady, so many players, you know, Grant Hill were plagued by injuries, and they were so, they were very good players, could have been great players, but you know, injuries robbed them. Stephen Curry was almost that type of player because he had those real bad ankle injuries in the beginning. That's why. Um, his recent injury scare, uh, Steve Kerr decided yeah. to sit him down because the, you know the first couple of years he had to sit out because his ankles were injured like every year. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So Stephen Curry was almost Derrick Rose when you come talk about injuries. <laughs> yeah. Are you surprised that Stephen Curry? Stephen Curry is. I don't know how to defend against him. This guy is a three-pointer. Making me feel people. You can't defend against him. You don't know what the hell to do with him. Yeah, he's. You know, I knew he was going to be impressive as far as uh, shooting, but I didn't know he was going to like be as impressive, as accurate, as accurate as he is. Yeah, like, you I, dominate. He, he doesn't do the three yeah. point just on the line. He does the three point. He could do the three point three. He could do half court and do three points if he wants to. Yeah, because I, you know, I when he was a rookie, he, it, it, to me, I thought he would be a he could be a, a star player at some point. I, but I, I had no idea he was gonna be he was gonna shoot 
with the accuracy that he I've never seen anybody shoot with that level. No, I never saw somebody shoot. He shot a, a shot. He was doing just a practice, and I guess it was the beginning of the game. And you know, the, there's a little alley they're supposed to go before they go into the game. And he had the ball, and he was just practicing. Just in the alley, he went there. People were all around him, and he just shot. He fucking shot. He shot a three-point shot a point like it was nothing. Where he went in like, thank you. So when you see that as the other players, you're like the 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 people are against him. You're looking at yourself. How am I going to defend against him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. Stephen Stephen Curry, he's he. Um, I think he's good for the NBA because now, like you know, a lot of kids can can look at something beyond their athleticism and can say, hey, you know, if I work on being able to shoot, shooting problem. Yeah, it was a problem to, to get kids to work on jump shots in the past. Now, you don't have to, <laughs> you know, if you're a coach, you, you don't have to, you know, tell kids, get in the gym and shoot. Now, it's like, yeah, I want to be Stephen Curry. I need to shoot <laughs> every day. Okay. You're saying back in the day there were everybody wanted to dunk, but nobody wanted to shoot. Yeah, the shot in percentage yeah. was very, very low, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump shots was jump shots were no. Uh, it was nothing. It was nothing um, sexy about sh- shooting a jump shot in the past. Like you know, it was like, hey, you could shoot. That's pretty good. But dunking was always like at the head of everything. You know, it was always about the the dunk. Now it's about that's why the that's why when you would take Team USA versus a European team, the European team just said in my, their mind, we just have to block them doing the dunk and let them shoot, and we'll still win the game. And they did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So now it's, it's definitely going to open up the the doors for a lot of different t- caliber of players, which. Which I think it, it's it'll really improve the game, in my opinion. I think it'll make force the game to be better with people, you know, forcing people to have to come in and learn how to shoot the ball. I think that's a, I think that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I agree. because yeah, a lot of people used to go to the NBA and they could not shoot, and that wasn't good. <laughs> true, true that, true that. Yeah. So, anyways, I think we went through a lot of stuff. And, uh, yeah, we. Yeah, the, yeah. Plus the show, the show is it's gonna it's gonna shut down in the future. We might as well do do our closing remarks. Well, closing remark that I would say is, I hope we get back on the foundation of relationship to make it better. Uh, I think men and women, when it is done right, where there's no game from both gender, and they love each other, it is exceptional. It is great. It's amazing. I hope we go back to that, and we found solution to make it work. And yeah, that's what I would say. Relationship to make it better. And I go back to what you're saying. I think the foundation to make any relationship work, we have to personally look at ourselves and improve what we need to improve before asking that to another person. Improve whatever you need to do. If you have a bad attitude, improve that. If you have something that you know is an acquaintance or something, you have no reason to not improve it. You have many books. You have many psychologists. Do whatever. Be the best that you need to be to attract the best. That's what I would say. 
I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> I appreciate you, uh, you know, joining me on the show too to get today, Stanley. Um, I had to step in. Uh, just just for today, I know Mr. Talk will be back on Friday. Uh, he'll be back. Cool. Ready, ready to go in full throttle. So, so the show will be uh, back, back in, in in its proper order, <laughs> as 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 he does it so well. And, uh, yep, yep. We, we think. And, <laughs> and thank you for making my calls. I really appreciate that. But I just had to call in for this because it's something that's very dear in my heart relationship. Very dear in my heart. Oh, it's, yeah, it's understandable. Understandable. And we, uh, I guess, we'll close out with the, I guess, the last song as he always does. Uh, I think I'm feeling a little uh, mm, just in in it. I guess in celebration of love, why not do some Isley Brothers? So yeah, we have <laughs> we'll close the show <laughs> with a little um, caravan of love by the Isley Brothers. Why not? Yeah, thank you. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.